love. Thank you, Chris, Abby, Chiquetta, so much for putting that together. I enjoyed that immensely. God is good. God loves you. And I'm thankful for where this church is and where this church is going, that as a spiritual family, we can share the journey and enjoy these inspiring times. And I'm thankful that we can look forward to different ways in person of doing that as well. God is good. God loves you. All right, let's turn for our time of the message this morning. What a title today's message, Hope to Believe in. Hope to Believe in. Uh, Jesus is more powerful than death. And Chris and Abby, we sang that song Jubilee today where you hear that line, hope to believe in. Jesus. Jesus is more powerful than death. All right, let's go to our time in the message. I want to turn to uh, starting in Matthew chapter 27, verse 45. I'm going to read the story of Jesus' death and resurrection in our time of message here. All right. At noon... Darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood, thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. It's the, the curtain that would uh, be a separation barrier to the Holy of Holies, the place where God's presence was. It was torn from top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of godly men and women who had died, were buried, were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this man truly was the son of God. Many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. The next day, on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it best you can. 
So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the, t- the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him and grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, You must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get into trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's Matthew twenty-seven forty-five through the end of chapter 28, the eyewitness accounts. Hope to believe in. Hope to believe in. Jesus is more powerful than death. We see these eyewitness accounts in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, in John, and in the book of Acts. One of the things as I was reading through each of these um, over the past week, I noticed that in each story, we read that there was fear and doubt. And that they shared an honesty about their journey. I want you to think about this, right? They had spent a few years with Jesus, watching him do miracles, heal the sick, raise the dead, free people from dark spirits, bring about miracle lunch of fish and bread. In it, explaining the purpose of his life and predicting his own death, burial, and resurrection predicted it several times, and sometimes with details. He predicted it. He told them that it would happen. 
But they're human just like you and I. They're human just like you and I. Taking in the world around them. The things that they see, the things that they hear. And so, when Jesus came back to life, was raised from the dead, they had fear, they had doubt. Can this be true? I can't believe this. Let's look at just some of the examples. We see the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. They passed out. These soldiers are representatives of the military might of Rome and the Jerusalem Jewish leaders that had that were armed. That they certainly had reason to be afraid um, because they were on the team that put Jesus to death, right? But also they were human and shocked by the earthquake and the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. We see the angel spoke to the women who were first to be there, don't be afraid. Why? Because they were afraid. Even we, we read that when they ran quickly from the tomb, they were frightened, but also feared with, filled with great joy. That's what, what it, the human experience is often having more than one thought, more than one emotion. And that's what we see in their response. When they did see him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. The followers of Jesus, they, they doubted. From a John Mark's uh, recording of Peter's account, when she told them Jesus was alive she and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. That's Peter's account of Mary Magdalene, who'd been freed from several evil spirits who had experienced freedom and life in Jesus, saw Jesus raised from the dead, told Peter about it, and and he didn't believe her. Even though Jesus had predicted this would happen. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. We see Mark 16, 11 and 13. Verse 14, still later he appeared. Jesus appears to the 11 disciples as they're eating together. And he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. Jesus is saying, what's going on with you guys? I told you this was going to happen. I told you I was going to be killed. I told you that I was going to raise back to life on the third day. People saw me came and told you, and you didn't believe them. Not only did you have a moment of doubt, how can this be possible, but you were actually stubborn in your unbelief, in refusing to believe that it could be possible. We also see in Luke's account, Luke 24, the story sounded like nonsense to them, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. He's trying to process what his eyes have seen. He's wondering what had happened. Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see I do. 
As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Imagine that moment. Jesus is giving them a chance for for it all to soak in that it's real. He said, well, they're having a hard time with this. So I'm going to sit down and have something to eat. And they're just sitting there watching him eat, trying to believe what had happened. In John chapter 20, we get the story of Thomas. Thomas had said, I won't believe until I see. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And he said to Thomas, put your finger, look at my hands, put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Wow. In each story, we're reading that there was fear and doubt. And one one of the things that I appreciate about these accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is that they were honest about the fear and doubt that they had. They could have covered it up. They didn't cover it up. They told the real story. They knew they were writing down these accounts for people to, to, to make multiple copies, to spread throughout their world and their time. And people who in different cities who were believing in Jesus as Savior, they're writing this down to, to share the accounts. But they didn't hide the fact, they were honest about the fact that even when they saw Jesus alive on the third day, and in the he appeared to over 500 people over 40 days after he was resurrected, they were honest about the fact that their initial reaction included fear and doubt. So one of the things, we're reading this, right? Together as a church family, as we're going through uh, the year every day with a little over 20 verses that we're reading every day to share the spiritual journey of life together. A big part of that is so that we can be honest about what we're sharing, honest about what we're experiencing in everyday life, and honest about what it's like to, to, to read about Jesus, to interact with Jesus ourselves. And what we're benefiting from is that they were honest about their human interaction, They didn't try to hide it. They wanted us to see it. And and what they were experiencing was, this can't be real. Jesus, we saw you die. We saw you publicly executed by the strongest military we have ever known. The strongest government, the, the people that perfected torture and execution and were meticulous in recording the details of it. And that there's still historical documents today that the followers of Jesus were, we, we saw you Jesus put to death by the best of the best, the strongest of the strongest, the most meticulous. We saw you put to death, documented you were dead. We saw it with our own eyes. And we see the brokenness and the death in the world around us. This can't be real. That was their reaction. They included fear and doubt. How is it possible that Jesus is alive? Maybe we feel similar effects today. 
We definitely live in a world with death and brokenness. I struggle to understand. How can a good loving God allow the things that we see? So difficult it can be to understand that God is a good loving God, has, is the giver of life, but also for the sake of true love allows us a free will choice, allows us the ability to choose if we will receive his love or reject it, allows us to choose whether or not we are going to be loving to others. And that that has allowed into this world brokenness in relationship and difficulty and, and, and definitely evil. It, it, even allowing our enemy time and space here in human history to be at work and the results of sin, the damage of sin, including death and disease. And oh, it, can, it can be really difficult for us if we're honest, when we truly engage, when we truly dig deep into these stories, when we try to put ourselves into this story and this account that Jesus is alive, that there's hope to believe in, we can have a human response of fear and doubt. We can even say, I, I see death around me. I don't know what your experience has been like over a year now with coronavirus, but for myself, we've had a couple of friends and family that I cared about deeply die from COVID. Maybe you've had some effects within your friends and family. Maybe it's not been related to coronavirus. Maybe it's been other things. I know different ones of us have, have seen people pass away. And, and we have. And we've lost people in our, our church family over the past year plus as well. Uh, maybe even just here in Baltimore. We see gun violence. We see murder. And recently teenagers killing each other. How can the hope to believe in Jesus, a Jesus that's more powerful than death, how can that be real when we see death around us? Maybe you're not thinking about any of those things. Maybe it's the difficulty of all that's gone on in the past year. We've seen people break off relationship with each other, no longer talking to each other or, or saying angry things to each other over any one of a number of different issues that have been at the top of our minds over the past year. We see brokenness in the world around us. What seems like the strongest forces in the world, it might be really difficult to believe that the strongest force is actually Jesus. Life coming from Jesus. Because the things that we might see with our physical eyes might not be that, but might be death, brokenness, disease, difficulty. Maybe it's the effects of death in us. Maybe there's uh, physical ailments in our bodies that are difficult. We have chronic pain for different reasons and decay and disease. Uh, but maybe it's uh, fear and doubt where there's stress. And we've definitely gone through an extended period of stress where stress can can really be where even in my subconscious, I'm starting to believe that something that I really care about is gone. Or something that I really care about is not certain. I'm not sure that it's going to happen. I'm not sure that that 
positive life event that I was hoping for is going to be able to happen. Uh, Maybe it's just the uncertainty, not feeling like you know what's going to happen one day to the next. Stress and anxiety can really weigh on us and they can get heavy. And that can affect us with fear and doubt. That can cause us to be stubborn in our not believing. And doubt can even be a little bit indifferent without emotion. I I just don't believe it. This is a part of the human experience. And that's why on this resurrection story, this story is so important, including the reality that the people who were there that saw it with their own eyes responded with fear and doubt at first. But then Jesus spent 40 days with them, spends time in personal relationship. There's fishing, there's eating fish, there's lunch, there's bread, there's walking, there's praying, there's time that they spent together. They interacted with Jesus. They didn't walk away from this Jesus person. They got closer to Jesus. And that's how they found hope to believe in. They got closer to Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. Jesus was patient with them in processing the reality of the fact that Jesus is more powerful than death. Jesus brings life over death. Jesus gives life more powerful than death. That's what they found to be true. And that's why they wrote these accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The story we get in Acts chapter 1 of this resurrected Jesus. Jesus is alive. And that means that there is hope to believe in. It's true. And we got to allow it to sink in. We got to process it. We got to get it into our system so that whatever it is that we are interacting with that's causing us to experience fear or doubt, stress or anxiety, we bring that to honestly, honestly processing, bringing it into contact with the truth that there is hope to believe in. Jesus is alive. Jesus is more powerful than death. Jesus brings life over death. Jesus gives life more powerful than death. Than all that we see and experience in this world. That no matter what we see or experience in this world, there will be a day. Jesus will return. Those that we have known that have passed on in faith, we're going to see them again. We're going to experience that reunion. There's hope to believe in. What do we learn through all of this? We learn there's hope to believe in because Jesus is more powerful than death. That is the reality. That is the truth. That's what we sang about today in the song Jubilee. There's hope to believe in. Jesus. Jesus. I don't know what it is that you have been experiencing I don't know what it is that you are going through. I mean, some of you share it with me. Some of you share bits and pieces. Some of you share stories with me of what you're experiencing. But I don't know, for everybody who's watching this, I don't know what you're going through. But I know that you need to hear this. There is hope to believe in. Regardless of what you're thinking and what you're feeling. No matter how heavy you feel weighed down 
by the, by the struggles of this life, the brokenness of this world. There is hope to believe in. Jesus is more powerful than death. What should we do about this? Three simple words I want to use to describe um, what I think we should do about this. Believe, receive, and respond. Number one, believe. Here's what we read. John chapter 20, verse 20 through 30, uh, 30 through 31. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. John's saying, okay, listen, the resurrected Jesus over his life, his time on earth, he did a lot of miracles more than we have recorded. But these are written, the ones that have been written down, are written so that you may continue to believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Here's what John is saying. If you will choose to believe that God sent Jesus, sent him to be the Savior, that his sacrifice would make a way for us to be forgiven of our sins, spiritually cleansed, we would receive new spiritual life. You can have new spiritual life by believing. So we need to respond with believing Jesus is alive. Jesus is who he said he is. There's hope to believe in. Jesus is more powerful than death. Now, this also includes in believing, receive. Receive. And this is what they, they believe this. And that's why we get Ephesians chapter 3, chapter, um, chapter 2, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. This is what they believe. This is what they received. God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, what that means, remember that sin word is where we've made a mistake, where we have missed the, the mark in, in, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our words. We've missed the mark where we are not with the purity, with the love, with the peace, with the joy of God. We've missed the mark. We've made a mistake because of our missing the mark, our sin. We were dead. We were spiritually experiencing death. And death, um, in a physical sense, is when our spirit separates from our body. Death, in a spiritual sense, is where our sin separates us from a loving God. It separates us from relationship with a loving God. Our sin does. But God reaches through. God reaches out to us. He doesn't want that separation to stand. It's also true, just like it is in a relationship with somebody else. If you're in a lifelong, close, personal, committed relationship with somebody else, you make a serious mistake, it can really bring separation in that relationship. Okay, that's what they're talking about here. Even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, the miracle of resurrection makes it possible for you to experience spiritual life. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. 
For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. What these early Jesus followers believed so strongly is that when God did this miracle of resurrection life because Jesus is alive, that they could confess where they've been wrong, turn away from their sins and their mistakes, receive and believe this salvation from Jesus, get that spiritual cleansing, receive new spiritual life, and in a spiritual sense, be resurrected just like Jesus is and experience a spiritual relationship that includes rest seated in a spiritual realm that we can experience that now and when Jesus returns it will be our reality in eternity because we have been brought close in a close personal committed relationship with Christ Jesus well this is these couple of verses are a mouthful right they are a mouthful but they are a part of the essential truth that's why we have hope to believe in. Now, number three, respond. Jesus points to purpose in his resurrection when he says this, Luke 24. Here, so here we have the resurrected Jesus teaching the followers. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations or people of all ethnicities beginning in Jerusalem. And here's the message to be proclaimed. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. Now this word repent means to turn away from. So I've confessed, here's my wrong, here's where I've missed the mark, here's the sin, and now I'm going to turn away from it. I'm making a commitment to God, a wholehearted devotion, living for God. That's what it's talking about. And I want to give you a chance to respond today. Maybe you've never made this decision to receive and to believe. You've never responded to God. Maybe you've never heard it before. We want to send you a free Bible and a purple book, which is a list of questions that helps understand these truths at a deeper level. Maybe you have served Christ in the past, but you have turned and walked away. You need to make a, a prayer of rededication. Or maybe you as a believer just need to refocus yourself, reorient yourself. What I want to do is lead us in a prayer, kind of summarizing these truths, okay? If that's you. And believers, I want you to be praying for anyone who would pray pray this, that we would be able to connect them and serve with them well. So repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. We're praying for you. We care about you. Feel free to reach out to us. If you prayed that for the first time, a prayer rededication, we want to uh, send you some free resources and offer to help you. But this response is wrapped up 
And what Jesus is saying is the purpose for him being alive, for him having been put to death and him having been raised to life. And he speaks about peace that comes with this. John chapter 20, verse 21. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, the resurrected Jesus. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. In the last passage we read and hear what you see is that Jesus brings to them in this new spiritual life, identity, value, purpose, and mission. He says, hey, receive this love, love God with the best of your energy and share this message with other people. The message, there's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So when we respond, it includes being sent. Now think about this. These people, 500 people who saw Jesus over 40 days, saw him walking around alive after he had been publicly executed. He had been condemned there at the Jerusalem temple and before Pilate. The Jerusalem Jewish leaders were the ones who had made this happen. And what happens when they were sent? Luke 24, 52 through 53 says this. They went to the Jerusalem temple, publicly praising God for Jesus' resurrection. Can you imagine? This had a a courtyard, a big open public courtyard where people would come for public conversation and maybe get a bite to eat and and have a conversation with each other. Or maybe they might hear a lecture or open debate or different kinds of things would happen in a public forum. The followers of Jesus went, Jesus had sent them, they went to this public space where Jesus had been falsely accused, publicly condemned, sent to his death. And there they publicly praised God for Jesus' resurrection. They were publicly saying, Jesus is alive. There is hope to believe in. Jesus is more powerful than death. Jesus brings life over death. Jesus has life more powerful than death. Like we sang today in the song, he turns our graves into gardens. These people lived openly and publicly confessing the mistakes of their lives including their fear and doubt, where they they had experienced death in their life, the effect of spiritual death in their life, maybe physical diseases, right? You have people there that Jesus had healed. And then we had the people that had been raised from the dead. When Jesus was raised from the dead, they're walking around singing, Jesus has turned our graves into gardens, into places where we can experience peace, where we can see the flowers bloom, the trees blossom, where we can breathe deeply the, 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 the air that God has given us to enjoy life and to receive the love of God, to believe that Jesus is alive and that he is real. And then we respond with this fresh sense of identity and value and purpose We are on a mission now to share the love of Jesus with other people. I'm so thankful we heard it today in the song from Chiquetta and Chris and Abby. God is awesome. He gives strength when we are weak. I don't know what it is that you have been going through, but man, I'll tell you, for me over the past year, multiple times, all the different uncertainty in the world has been a challenge for me. It gets to me. I have in years past, my life was really affected by depression and by anxiety, and it has not been easy. And this past year has not been easy for that depression, anxiety, insecurity, concern, worry, and doubt. 
fear. I have experienced all of those things. And even over the past couple of weeks, there has been a difficulty even just to prepare and to bring this message to you. Because I'm human, just like the followers of Jesus were human and they responded in that way. But you know what I have also seen that has been true? When I believe and receive Jesus as Savior in this way and I respond, I can bring the resurrection of Jesus, the power of that, the hope to believe in, to bear. I can bring it into contact with what I'm experiencing in this life. And then there is a miracle. There's something supernatural that happens in me. I experience the spiritual life of God. I experience fresh strength. I experience fresh joy. And I am happy to bring this message to you. I am happy to share life with you. Even though we go through these difficulties, even though we go through these struggles, it's possible when we believe, when we receive, when we respond to the life of Jesus, the truth that there's hope to believe in. We can be stronger. We can enjoy life. We can get outside this spring and breathe fresh air and enjoy flowers and trees that are blooming and enjoy being with each other. Allow me to pray for you today. God, I thank you so very much that you understand our humanity that you're compassionate to it, that you know where we are, what we're going through, the difficulties of this life, and and even the difficulty to get our spirit engaged with what's going on in this natural life, and the, the things that we see that cause us to believe, how can this be real? Lord, I ask for everybody listening, would you breathe by your Holy Spirit fresh life into them? Help them to feel your spiritual strength. Help them to truly believe there is hope to believe in. Jesus is more powerful than death. Help them right now to experience fresh spiritual strength and make a decision to be honest about what they're going through, to communicate, to reach out and communicate, to spend time with others, to spend time in conversation, to receive your life. Let there be miracles of spiritual life among us. I thank you, God, for who you are and for all that you've done in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Remember, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You're going to find this message in the video on Facebook and YouTube and also our website, cityharborchurch.com slash messages, where you can download or stream the audio and find the notes. I think you're going to find something worth sharing. Hey, grace and peace to you. Have a great week.